All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 127. I am Bagged Milk here with Tyler Yaremchuk, Nation Dan, and Rick. We are going to break down all things Edmonton Oilers in the next hour of your life. We are recording on a beautiful Friday afternoon here on March 5th. And first, I want to start by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Spring is in the air. That means it is time to get your vehicle ready for another season on the roads, whether that's an oil change, maybe some tires, maybe just a new whip entirely. Head on out to Sherwood Park, Alberta. Go see our friends at Sherwood Ford. You might even see Gus. He's the ambassador of smiles. He is very handsome. Make an appointment. He's got things to do. Sherwood Ford on Twitter is at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram is Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Again, Sherwood Ford, I know you guys are listening to this. Drew, Broncos. Four, Broncos. That's all. That's all. Tyler, what's our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day today? Our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day. The Oilers, in case you haven't heard, are coming off a rough stretch of hockey against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But they, they kind of have a chance to throw it right in the rearview mirror with a good performance against Calgary on Saturday. So my question is, what is the most important part of their game that they need to turn around in tomorrow night's matchup against the Flames? I'm going to start with a very passionate looking nation. Dan, he is staring deeply into the camera. I know he's got ideas and things that he wants to do as we approach this battle of Alberta. Dan, what do the Oilers need to do? How are we going to turn this around? Score four goals in the first period. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. put to bed all this talk about the offense and yeah. the struggles that they've had. Um, 
I think, you know, you want two of those goals to be from the top two lines too, just to have that swagger come back for those guys. But for me, it's, it's score the goals and shut up the, the doubters and the haters. Rick, what do you think of what the boys need to do? I think that's too easy. <clears throat> I think we've seen them play uh, offensively well before and uh, that really not matter too much to me. It's the battle level. It's the individual battles along the board, anywhere on the ice. They need to come back and start winning those. Everybody knows we're offensive. We came out and lit up no save Dave or whoever's in net for a bunch of goals. Big whoop. They're still going to call us out on, you know, getting beat up by, uh, by a third, uh, third line from Toronto. Um, we need to come out and win the little battles. You start doing that. You start showing everybody that we do care that each individual player on the ice absolutely hates what happened the last three games and they're, they're not going to put up with it. And we're going to, come back with the right with the proper foot forward. So let's go out and win each individual battle. Tyler, you were at the game. You yep. were seeing things from the press box. Mm-hmm. What do the Oilers need to do to get back in the win column against the Flams? I'm going to say, like, there's a handful of stuff they need to do, obviously. For me, the most important, I'm going right to the top. Production from the big guns. They need Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to find their games at five on five and produce some offense on Saturday night. That's the, like, we can talk about how important goaltending and depth scoring and the defense is, but you can't argue the fact that the most important element to this team is their high-end scoring. And when that's rolling, man, they're tough to stop. I'm saying the high-end scoring McDavid and Dreisaitl need to get going Saturday against Calgary. Wrapping us up, I personally think that the boys need to tighten up their details with the puck. When they were winning, I felt they were playing a much simpler game, a little bit more north-south, getting a lot of shots on net. But when they're struggling, I find that the Oilers, they tend to try and force more difficult plays through. And when you're skilled and you've got the skill of the guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, you know, you can make those things happen from time to time when you're rolling and playing well. But when you're not... It just doesn't seem to click as well. And I think for the Oilers against the Flames, who, by the way, are, are starting to score themselves here over their last six games. The Flames are 3-2-1 and one over their last six. Uh, basically put up a third of their offense over those last three games as well. So I think they need to tighten up. I think they need to tighten up in all three zones, make simpler plays, simpler passes, more shots on goal. And let's get fucking greasy out there, boys. Everybody needs to take a page out of Jesse Pugliarvi's book. Park yourselves in front of the net and look to work, work to knock home some garbage if it's there. Because I don't think the Oilers did a very good job in that series against the Leafs of trying to cause some mayhem and some second chances in front of the net. Anybody disagree? No, I think a big part of it, like we talked, we touched on this on uh, Nation Real Life Bag Milk, but you want to look at that series, and there's a part of me that's like. It's fucking bullshit that they had two games where they didn't get a single power play. Like that pissed me off a little bit. If I'm being honest, I didn't think the Leafs played that clean of hockey, but when you get blown out like that, you look at the lack of power plays. And the other part of me goes, you know what? If the Oilers would have been creating more dangerous chances, going to the tough areas a little bit more messing things up in front of the net, creating those a plus looks, they might've forced the Leafs to take a few more penalties. So I absolutely agree with you, bag milk. Then you start doing a better job of getting to the dirty areas here against Calgary. And you know what? In, in a battle of Alberta, after you just got spanked three games in a row, there's no excuse to not come out determined and a little pissed off. Well, I think that, you know, in those three games against the Leafs, I thought the Oilers started those games well. They got some shots on that, producing a couple of chances every now and then, but they couldn't cash anything in. However, when the Leafs came down and got something to work on their side, it just seemed like the Oilers got deflated a little bit. And on the, in the second game, I personally think that they needed a save 
in that first period. Not going to hang it on the goaltenders. This is a team game. This isn't, we're not talking about golf here, but I do think that if they can tighten it up, play a little bit simpler and Mike Smith, who I would guess gets the start tomorrow. um, If he can just, if he can give them the foundation they need, then they're going to be okay. Uh, I don't think the Leafs played well enough to be, I don't think the Leafs played like world beaters in that series. I don't think they were as good as the Oilers were bad to put it that way. So yeah. Anybody worried about it? Teams oh. lose three games in a row all the time. Well, and uh, yeah, in- I, I was just going to say, I think it just, the only reason it sucks more than anything is that you lost to the same team three times. That's, that's where it's frustrating for me. Like if we had lost a stretch of games against the Dallas stars, the Nashville predators and the, the Florida Panthers, like it would be frustrating, but we wouldn't be looking at it. Like the sky is falling. I just, you know, I, every, every one of these games, it just kind of sloughs off my back because you're right, Bag Milk. I think that the Oilers were bad. It, it, the Leafs were still, you know, the Leafs were the best team in the North, but I don't think that that's unachievable by this Oilers team. And I haven't felt that way up until this series. Um, so for me, yeah, three games doesn't change anything. I just think that, like, yeah, it's it's easy to say how good the Leafs are. And they are. Don't get me wrong. They're a good team. They're a very, very good hockey team. But I also don't think they're invincible either. But when the Oilers are playing with, they looked like they had a lack of confidence over those three games, which is interesting because they had all the confidence in the world about a week ago. Um, It it was just interesting to watch, you know. Uh, It was interesting to see that everything during their winning streak ended up in the back of the net for the opposing back of the net. Whereas this week, they weren't, they were, the the Leafs were getting saves, seemed like the boys were getting a little bit frustrated. And then the snowball, snowball started to roll and it compounded from there, didn't it? See, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the Leafs thing. Like, I think that's a team who should absolutely be in the conversation to be a cup contender. And they, I think they played some great hockey. Like, I was listening to Darren Dreger, and he talked about how that's the best he's seen that Leafs team play all year. So there's a part of me that goes, you know, you're playing against such a high-caliber team. And I had optimism that the Oilers would be able to keep it a little bit closer than they did. But I think you were playing against one of the best teams in the league. That team was playing some great hockey. And it just sucks that you had to play them three times in a row. Because in a normal year, if you ran into a Washington or a Pittsburgh or a Toronto when they're playing their best, you get them once. If they beat you, you go, ah, one bad game. And then hopefully in one of the next two games, you get an Ottawa or a whoever to try to bounce back against. They, they didn't get that option, right? You had to go up against Toronto three times in a row. And I just think it was a combination of catching them at a bad time and catching the Leafs at a point where they were, you know, rolling the way they are. I guarantee you guys, I guarantee you guys in the dressing room, the Leafs sat there and said, you know what? We have three in a row coming up against Connor and Leon and the Oilers. We need to, like, this is our goal. This is our goal. We need to come out and sweep these guys. We need to play an all-round focused game, which they did. They were able to, you know, they played a, a very solid uh, 60-minute, four-line type of game. And then you see what happened last night. I think they're going to be... They're going to be if they went on and lost two more, I wouldn't be surprised. They put that much effort into going out to beat us that we didn't and uh, we weren't able to match that. But they, spe- well, I almost guarantee you, they specifically came out and said, you know what, we're not going to let these, we're going to prove to these guys that we're the better team, we're the veterans, we're not going to let them do this. And well, they see, didn't. But, and like, I, I'm with you guys. I first of all, I don't think that the Leafs shouldn't be considered in the top tier of teams in the NHL I think they absolutely are there I just I don't think they played so well that they're unbeatable I thought the Oilers were more so bad than the Leafs were good I mean sometimes you have to just 
Jack Campbell, Hutchinson. Sometimes you just have to tip your your cap to a goalie, you know, because like in that first game specifically, it would not have been surprising at all had the Oilers cashed in one or two of those great chances they had in the first period that we would be talking about a completely different game entirely. Sometimes you got to tip your cap. That's just, that's just it too, though. We aren't getting those saves. Yes. We haven't gotten those saves or those games the way other well, teams do for some time now. Yeah, that's, I, I say not consistently, but we have been getting the saves. Like we just we have Smith and oh, Martin and and, and Koskinen have both had multiple games game. where they've where they've they've stood on their head at points for us when we should have been by all rights out of the game. You look, yeah, but not you against Toronto. You, you look, you no, look no, I'm saying I'm not games. saying that it's the Toronto, but you can't you can't say that the that the goaltending has been like our Beg Milk says it on every podcast. Our breakaways per sixty is obnoxious. It's stupid. Okay. Like okay, it, but this it, isn't and a, so you're giving up those chances. But like for me, it's like sorry, I'll let you talk. I just like for me, it's like Smith and Coskin and both have come in in relief, and we've almost won games with them in relief. They've given us a chance to win games in relief. They've they've both had games where they've been otherworldly. Smith has come in and been otherworldly. So for me, it's like I don't know. I I just you know yes, consistently consistently sure. But not not all the time. It's not an issue. No, I'm, not say, I'm not saying there are any bad goals or any specific bad goal. But eventually, you just need them to make a save, and that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, when it comes yeah. to the the goaltender at the other end of the ice, they just made a save. You know, yeah. any one of the, we had a whole bunch of opportunities that could have gone in. They go in against us. They don't necessarily go in against all other goals. And yes, when we do, when those two are at the top of their game, they are very very good. What yeah. the issue is that they're the majority of their game is played, you know, between a level of six and eight or whatever the hell. And that is when they have yep. an issue when they're top of the top. You're right there. We can handle a 44 shot game and two, three goals, maybe. But when they're, av- when they're not playing that top, 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 top level, that's when we get in trouble. And it's not I necessarily just- a bad goal. It's not like a bad goal. Like when the, the Smith led that one against the, the post there a couple of games ago, it's just, you sit there and go, Okay, it's six three. Afterwards, you go. Okay, well, some, one of these pucks can't go in. Yes, he's yeah. going to make a good save. It's not a bad goal per se, but in hindsight, they need to just make they, they need to just make the save. Where I, I agree did. with you, Rick, is just before you go, Dan. Yeah, um, no, yeah, here, go ahead. Is, um, like as an example, perfect example to me would be on Saturday's game, or no, sorry, Monday's game. Monday's game when Miko was in that, and. The, the Oilers were down by a goal, but they were starting to fight back. They were try, they were getting some shots on, on Hutchinson. They were getting some looks. And then that's when Nylander scored that backhanded goal that just can't go in. It can't go in. Yeah. And then just to me, that's where I saw the bench just get deflated a little bit. That's where I saw the air come out of the sails. And it's just – correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but, like, I think those are the ones we need. We need – with that Nylander one can't go in. There's def- there, you know what? I don't. I feel like this year we have not had a lot of those Nylander type goals. We have not had the ones where you're like, "Dude, you gotta save that." But at the end of the game, you sit back, you turn around, and look at it in hindsight, and go, "Well, fuck, we needed another save or two. There's not one one particular spot, and you know maybe every goal out there was a decent chance because of a breakdown from here, there, or everywhere. But one of those yeah. needs to be saved. That's I know, I know Tyler's, Tyler wants to get into the next thing. I just I just want to say, like, I, I think that you guys are being more sane about it. I think that there's a lot of Oilers fans that have just been begging for this all year, and it, and they don't look at the positives for me. And that's just well, that's, been my frustration. Yeah, yeah, anyways, we can talk about it. We can talk about it afterwards. You know who would have a good take? 
take yeah. on this is uh, it's former yeah. NHLer Jason Strudwick. Yeah. He would have a good take on this. Jason Strudwick is brought to you by Vision VR Hockey Training. Train your hockey brain to see the place to make with off-ice reps on their virtual reality training system. Located in St. Albert, here's where you can check them out. VisionVRHockey.com is where you can book your session. And the man joins us now. Struddy, how's it going? Good. Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. We can yeah. hear you. Okay. Yeah, good. I don't know. My internet just went down at home. I've never had this happen before. So I had to use my phone. And uh, it's actually quite a flattering picture. I'd say it's not bad. <laughs> you it good, looks Struddy. real nice. Nice cropping going on, going on here. Nice, nice art back there. Yeah. 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 I was at a couple extra hours the last uh, year. Right. So uh, <laughs> yeah, my kids. <laughs> uh, Struggs, we're talking about, we're talking about the leaf series, obviously a disaster for the Oilers. Um, we were just having a discussion right before you came on about goaltending specifically with the Oilers. I feel like I'm not going to hang that series loss on the two goaltenders, but there were times I think over those three games where man, it would have been nice for the Oilers to get a save. Yeah. I think that's a pretty mature way of looking at it. Um, you know, I, I think like the overall thing that I see from the, the Oilers, I go back to that game against the Vancouver Canucks. I thought that was the first sign of them starting to have trouble. The first two periods against Canucks were really weak, you know, trading chances and that's okay to do against Canucks, you know, a team that's been struggling a little bit or maybe not lived up to what people thought. Um, and then they turned it on the third, they win. And then you go into that game Saturday, and they, man, they, they struggle. They really look poor. And then same thing to it. They, they're in a down trough of their, of their play right now. And it goes, you know, the season's up and down. Uh, but there are some times where a save would have been made. And the one I'll, 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 I'll go for sure is where uh, Nylander beat, you know, Bouchard to the middle and does a backhand from, you know, call it the high slot. I think that's being pretty generous. A yeah. backhand from there, you got to knock that down. You got, you got to catch that, you know? Um, you know, the backhanders, I know I get there on predictable and all that, but you got to save it. So I think, I think you, you can lump the orders goaltenders into the play of the whole team. It wasn't awful. No, it wasn't great. It was kind of, you know, mediocre. And it gets a good team that's playing pretty well. Mediocre isn't good enough. You know, and the orders, I thought afterwards, you know, Dry Settle talked about it, how they, they didn't win enough battles. You know, you've got hockey, you can talk, we can talk about, you know, power play, penalty kill, uh, you know, transitioning, D-zone, all that stuff. But if you don't have the, you know, the ability or the desire to win one-on-one battles, the rest of it doesn't really matter. You know, from face-offs to board battles in front of the net, um, you know, not getting beat back on the back check, all those things. So, you know, it, this, it's just that point of the year. This doesn't mean Oilers suck. And it doesn't mean the Vancouver Canucks are great because they beat Toronto last night. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And our Sherwood Ford Giant question today, Struddy, is kind of taking those three games against Toronto and then looking ahead to the game against Calgary. What's the most important part of the Oilers game to get figured out for that game tomorrow against Calgary? Well, I think I'll just go back to what I said. I mean, they've got to win battle. You know, you got to get out there and you've got to win more than you lose. Like, let's just think of some of the the, um, the goals uh, from that. Like when, when uh, Caleb Jones goes on the ice and slides on his tummy, and, and, you know, tries to, to, to stick check or try to block the puck. Like, I get it. You want to do more, but if you just lost that battle. You know, you, you're now down. So it, it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, some other like the, the, the John Tavares just annihilated the orders on faceoff. And I realize these are very specific issues, but there is more. We can go through, you know, shift by shift and find it. So get back to being at least 50 50 in those, in those battles. Like, think of Yamamoto, you know, and, and I've been a big fan. How many times? 
Oh, Struddy's internet's crapping out on him. Struddy, we can't. Your internet, Struddy. It's not going to be muted. It's his data. Struddy, you're muted. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're good. Uh, what, about, what was that about Yamamoto, Struddy? Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of Yamamoto. I think with Yamamoto, you know, he did, he's a guy who needs to win battles to be effective. When you're playing with Leon Dreisaitl, you've got to win battles. And I thought that, you know, in the last while, he's kind of come down a bit with his ability or inability to win those battles. Now, again, just like a team, the player's energy, it goes up and down. You know, there are times where you are just whipping around and feeling good, and sometimes where your legs just don't, aren't there. So I think if they can kind of get that, just, just winning that, I know it's pretty generic, but that's the floor. That's where you start, and then you build off of that. If you, well, if you were to guess, Strads, after a series like that against the league, did not go well. I, do, I just I can't imagine the boys are very happy about it. What do you think is going on in the room right now? Are they having internal discussions, or is there anything is there anything to be said? Do they just have to go out and get to work? I think someone has to say something. I'm glad they're pissed off. You know, they should be pissed off. You know, you, the whole country is watching. The whole NHL is watching. And they were unable to rise up to the occasion against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, all that, that 11 and 2, people just forgot it like that. It's done. People forgot about it. So now you got to have it dialed in. You got to, um, I think there should be conversations and there should be some, 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 not anger, but some intensity, you know, at practice and then carried into your game because you should be playing with a, a bit of a chip on your shoulder because you laid an egg in, on the biggest stage. And um, when it was your time to shine, just imagine they were one two of those three games, what people have been saying about the Oilers, as opposed to what is being said now. You know, and then the Leafs fans are loving it. Oh, we got this thing in the back, you know, blah, blah, blah. like whatever. Like they're, so that's the difference. That's how quickly you can go from 11 to 2 to 0 and 3, and now you're maybe you're being questioned by the meeting of the fans. But the Oilers are going to be fine. I think they're a playoff team. Um, you know, they're they're going to find their way to get back onto to, to, to better games, but they should be edgy. Like I, it should be edgy in that dressing room. No one should be feeling good about themselves. Well, yeah, we looked. We just watched a series against the Leafs. Do you think that this Oilers team can beat the Leafs in a seven-game series in the playoffs, or or is this you know is this just kind of our fate that once we come up against a team like the Leafs, it, we're going to be in tough? Well, go back to the game they won two nothing against the Leafs. They the Leafs did to the Oilers these last three games what the Oilers did to the Leafs in that two nothing win. So they can do it, you know, but you've got to be your best. You know, I don't know if the Toronto or they have Stanley Cup contenders. They look pretty good. It's hard to judge when you're against other guys or you're not playing against other teams. But the orders just the, – the beliefs give that – they did the same thing the orders did to, the, to them. And the orders have to play. You, they can't – you know, you have to be uh, – you have to be dialed in and you have to be willing to not trade chances and be focused on that. And, you know, the, the Leafs did that. I mean, they, they shut down Leon and, and Connor. Now, Connor going to have to learn from that. They will. They're smart players. How do I get open? You know, maybe I give the puck off and get it back a little quicker rather than trying to carry it myself up the middle. And Because that's worked for them, right? But you, you figure things figure out, then you have to readjust to what their adjustment is to you. you we're talk, you we're looking about, at a battle oh, of Alberta tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, taking it. I'm taking it, Tyler. We're looking at a battle of Alberta tomorrow, Struds. I've got to get your, your take on the Flames uh, firing the coach after last night's win. Like, what is... What are the Oilers walking into tomorrow against a team that just blew up the Senators, yet they've got Daryl Sutter coming back behind the bench? Well, I guess he won't yeah. be there. You know what I mean. Yeah, no, so it's – you know what I think? The very first instinct when the coach is fired is it's uncomfortable for everybody because you knew you stood with the previous coach. Whether it was good or bad, you knew you stood. Uh, and now the new guy coming in and Daryl Sutter, he doesn't care about anybody. Like, he, he, he <laughs> needs to win. Like, he doesn't care if – you know, if his, he, he bench his own mother – 
if he's talking about <laughs> win the game. So he doesn't care. So I think for, for him, the, those guys, the biggest thing for them is to, uh, is to have that, uh, you know, just to come in and, and uh, they're going to feel uncomfortable and trying to figure out how they're playing. But the owners, they're not at the point where they can worry about the, where the flames are feeling or what they're thinking. The owners have to figure out their own situation because, you know, they, they've got, they've laid an egg. So I, I think you can expect a team that's highly motivated and energized, but that's a good thing for the owners because you're sitting in the room saying, Hey, these guys are going to be ready to go. We should be the same way. So I'm expecting a pretty energetic game um, out of the orders uh, Saturday night, you know, maybe Sam Bennett's uh, running around and maybe a Jujar gets going. Like it's, I think it's both teams have something to prove um, to, to get themselves going. Uh, we saw Dave Tippett today at Oilers practice completely halt things. He lashes out with the F-bombs and he rips his team apart. And you talked about how the Oilers are going to be pissed off. But I want a little bit of a story time from Jason Strudwick. What's the most pissed off you ever remember a coach being at one of your teams in a practice or something like that? Man, <laughs> lots of times. I can <laughs> but the one I remember the most, I'll never forget this. So Brian Sutter was our coach in Chicago. And we walked in, there was two, there was a one group of names and a second group of names. The first group of names was like your top two lines and your top four defensive. Then the other side was like, you know, the bottom, the bottom six forwards and then the, the rest of us demons. And uh, I, I thought that the bottom, the group with the, the bottom group, I thought we played well the night before. I thought the top guys weren't trying. They weren't, they weren't giving, giving us much effort. So Brian Sutter walks in and he's like, guys, there's going to be two practices today. The group of the of the guys that are you know the, the the top group. Let's say he didn't say that, but this group and then that. Group. So I'm like, good. Let's give it to those guys. Like they were freaking brutal. Like they should get it. So they go up for practice first. It's like 20 minutes, barely break a sweat. I'm like, what's going on? Like these guys were shit. Like they didn't do anything for us. Then we go out there and they absolutely destroy us. They, he bagged us. I was so mad. I would have fought him if I could. I was like, why are you giving it to us? We're playing like 10 minutes a night. Go out and talk to those guys. They're not doing jack shit out there. Those guys are $2 to go for a public skate at West Edmonton Mall with their girlfriend with the, with the fur on their skates and wheeling around. I was so mad. So he was mad, but I was mad too. I just, I, I'll never forget that. I was so mad. And uh, you know, I don't ever turn this around. I think it just pissed everybody off. Like, I get it. You have to protect your top players, but you, you know, the guys in the dressing room aren't stupid. You know, like if, if I look around and I'm giving them everything I got or, or like, let's say for the owners, let's say you get down to Jokera's line. I think it's fair to say those guys are meeting what we expect from them. They're playing hard. They're trying hard. But if, if uh, Dave Tippett today on the ice absolutely shredded that line and didn't say anything to anybody else, like, what are you, you're like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to like inspire me more? You're just pissing me off. And actually, I, re- I reacted well to being the guys challenging me and pissing me off. It worked well. But some guys would just shrink. But I, I, I'll never forget that day. God, I was pissed off about that. He was just I, – I, next time I see him, I'm going to say, hey, you owe me. I owe you a couple shots to the, to the kidneys. The solar plex. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Struds last night, obviously, unfortunately, Wayne Gretzky announced uh, the passing of Walter Gretzky after the battle with Parkinson's. I was just wondering, you spent a lot of time around uh, around the league, both as a broadcaster and as a player. Do you have any? Did you have any inter- any interactions with Walter at all as your time in the show? You know, I think the Gretzkys. I, I honestly think that they they hate me. You know, they've never, they've never, I've never met Wayne Gretzky, and I've only seen Walter from a distance. So there must be something they don't like about me. Um, cause I've never met him, but I did see Walter in an event and he was like, he, you know, 
my dad growing up was an amazing dad and he, he helped me you know in so many different ways but obviously with hockey but i always felt welter was kind of like 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 that that dad that everyone just loved and he was amazing he would spend so much time talking to uh, you know at the world and telling what he did with wayne and he was so proud of wayne and all his kids right and I, you know, now as a dad, I try to emulate that, try to be calm. You know, I, I lose my mind sometimes, like all dads. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, Walter was such a nice, kind guy and just thoughtful. And, and, uh, and I think he's a really good way for, for other um, dads and moms who, are, who have athletes for kids. Like any, just doesn't matter what level, but who kids are in sports to treat their kids like that. I think that's a great way to say it there, Struddy. Um, before we let you go here, one more just quickly tomorrow on uh, on the Oilers game. You're our resident defense expert. So let's say, hypothetically, tomorrow is a must-win hockey game, and yeah. you are Dave Tippett. Who are your six D-men? Who's playing with who? How would you roll them out? So I put uh, Barry back with Nurse. Those are my two. And then I've got, uh, I'm assuming Willie Lagson's going to play. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I'll put Willie with uh, Larson. And then I'm going to put a Rusty with uh, Barry. Um, th- those are my groups. And, and, you know, Caleb Jones is still kind of working, trying to figure out his game. Um, Bouchard, you know, there's a lot to like, but he's not quite there just yet. You know, let, let's give him some time. Uh, I think when I play him, I might play seven defensemen. But I, I'm, that's my group I'm going with. Um, you know, I really like – sorry, it'd be Baron, 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 Rusty on the bottom. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. He said Baron. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I, I like Barry so much I'd play him twice. And that's, that's <laughs> I, how, see, I, I just how, thought you were going with a hockey nickname there, just adding a yeah, word no, at the end of Yeah, it. sorry. No, sorry. I was just thinking about that. That'd be my group. That'd be how I'd do it. Is that, how is that going to be received across Oilers Nation? Well, do you like the 7D and, and uh, less forward yeah. setup, or is that, is that something that you're, you think that they've gone to the well too much on? Uh, as a player, I hated it because I knew yeah. I'd be sharing that time. Because usually what happens, right, let's be honest, it's like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, A, six, B. And so someone is rotating, like, and then if you get yourself going, you might play more and the other guy is not playing or vice versa. So, you know, I, 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 I don't mind it. I, I, and I like it actually maybe for a game that like tomorrow night, because then you can get some of the other guys in more often, your forwards. But the problem is that you can, you know, you can't just keep playing the hell out of dry style and McDavid. You, it, it's a long year and it's compressed season. So you, someone else has to step up. You know, those guys, to me, they looked a little bit tired the last three games and, I'm sure people don't want to hear that in you know hard work in Alberta, but that's that's kind of what I see. Those guys are tired, so you just keep whipping that horse. Eventually, the horse has got nothing left. Before we let you go, Struds, I just want to ask you about Bouchard. Uh, could you please make some sense for people listening not to freak out about this guy not being in the lineup every night? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I know there's a lot of Bouchard lovers, and I know that there's some people organizations that don't like Bouchard. That's right, but, uh, Jay. Never Jay, forget. Uh, Jay, I don't know what that guy's problem is. That is so negative. But um, but what I, I actually have a lot of time for Evan Bouchard. I think he's gonna be a really good player. But you know, no one, very few defensemen come into NHL finished product. Let's go down and look at who I think the best demon in the NHL is. Victor Head. It's taken that guy a long time to get onto the level that we see him today. A long time. And there's times where he played a lot and made mistakes. There's times where he played little, and 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 there's times where he probably didn't play as well. So it's, it's a long development process. And just because a player's not playing right now doesn't mean the organization doesn't like him. You know, Dave Tippett isn't out to screw over Evan Bouchard. Or he, does, he does not like him for sure. He must not like him. No, he does like him. He wants the guy to keep his confidence and keep moving him up, you know, keep developing him as a, as a player. So you have to take a longer-range view of it. it. Quite frankly, 
right now, after you know the, the last few games of Bouchard, he'd probably be in the AHL right now in a normal. But he season. can't. I, I know, right? Yeah, he couldn't. Yeah. But he, you know, yeah, in a normal season, he'd be there, right? But he can't. You're right. He can't now. But he needs to play. Unfortunately, you need him up here because if you get an injury, you got to send him down. There's a two week quarantine. I mean, you know, hell can break loose. So it's a unique season for him. But he's going to be a fine defenseman, people. But is he? Can we honestly say he's better than Barry Bear or Larson right now? Now Bear's got to pick his game up. He's the fourth the right shot defenseman. So you saw him on the left side. In one period, he was minus two. And I would say, for sh- I'd say for sure the first goal is on him. And the second one, he wears half of it. Um, Pugliarvi can wear the other, or not Pugliarvi, uh, Miko. Awesome. For missing out, yeah. So I think that those are the, you know, like it, it's not easy to play. You're trying to play the NHL, then you're going to play on the left, the left, the left side. It's almost like saying, okay, well, you're, you're a point guard. You know what? We're going to put you at center tonight. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just rebound. It's not, you've seen it. You've played it before. It's easy, right? It's not that easy. So let it just, just grow, you know, just, just to develop. And by this time next year, well, Bouchard will be in the lineup for good. And everyone can say that Dave Tippett doesn't hate him. He actually does like it. Strutty, man, we appreciate your time. Love having you on these pods. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. See how there you go. That's uh, Jason Strutwick. See you out. Former NHLer Jason Strudwick, his appearance brought to you by Vision VR Hockey. Train your hockey brain to see the place to make off the ice or with off ice reps in their <laughs> virtual reality training system. Located in St. Albert, check them out, visionvrhockey.com to book your session. And of course, Jason Strudwick, just like all of our other guests, whenever there's an interview on the show, it is brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, cornerstoneins.ca, Edmonton Zone, and I love this. Scroll down to the bottom of their page. It even says official insurance broker of Oilers Nation. Solid protection, sound advice, cornerstone insurance. Strutty, you can leave the Zoom call. It's all I, good. I don't, I don't, he doesn't want to. He, just, he, wants to, he always wants to sit in for hot and cold. He, wants to, be, I he wants to be our third, fourth, and five times guest. <laughs> uh, uh, I finally got him out of here. I like that he stuck around for the ad reads. That's good stuff. Yeah. You want to make sure that you got his plug right. I get it. Like yeah. the man's a professional. He does radio on a daily basis. I get it. I get it. Uh, interesting to hear him kind of give some takes on just everything from goaltending to execution to defensive pairings and everything in between, you know, uh, I'm really looking forward to having Strads on the podcast more often, just so we can ask him those kind of behind the scenes perspective, yeah. if you will. Basically, yeah. Struddy's new thing with the nation is every week you're going to find him somewhere, whether yep. it's on this podcast, real life, state of the nation. He'll be somewhere once a week. He'll be able to get his insight. Um, I'm glad I got to ask him that question about the 70 thing because I've never really heard anybody talk about it. You know, in just in a, just like in a flat out sense, you know, the 70 versus the 60 and what that means for defensemen in general. And like, listen, I know these are NHLers, but I think like we've all kind of played a sport or played hockey in the past where like when you can play an entire game with the same two people on a line or same guy on your pairing, you you build up like some chemistry just throughout the game. You get more comfortable as the game goes on. And if you're just always being thrown out with a different player, different points, like you don't get a chance to get a feel for tendencies and things like that. And I know these guys have played with each other, you know, for a year or whatnot, but like, I still think there's something to be said about just rolling out consistent lines. And I I'm a fan of the whole mix McDavid and dry settle in with the fourth line once in a while, but there's also a part of me right now that kind of goes, you know what? maybe just keep those guys with consistent wingers and let them build some chemistry to get back in the groove. Well, or I would just, I would like to just, if they're going to play those guys more, 
how about it would be, wouldn't it be great if they could just kind of roll through the four lines and then every now and then instead of and I don't even want to pick on Puliarvi, so it doesn't make sense, but he's just my example here, I guess, where every now and then maybe Leon pops up and you got the big three out there for a while because we haven't seen that too much since old Toddy Mac's been gone. Which one's the, who's, the, who's, the, who's the third of the big three? Nuge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you don't even see them like after penalty kills yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It seems to only happen now when we're in panic mode, like we're down three or four goals kind of thing. But uh, one of the things that Strutty said, and I've been saying all along, and I did the calculations at the end of it, was this this shortened season and how the schedule is so intense. I just did the calculations. Through the first 25 games of the season last year, we it was 53 days. This year, through the first 25 season or games of the season, it's been 51 days. So it's actually not that crazy of a schedule when you look at it just in that general sense. I know that the shortened season is going to make every game a little bit more important, but I just thought it was funny that we've all been kind of saying that, I think, all along, that the season's crazy and it's it's truncated and it's really quick. But at the end of the day, it's it's not really that much different than the regular seasons have been in the past. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes on because I know March is a tight schedule, but uh, everybody's in the same boat. Uh, speaking of boats, maybe you can ride one in Jasper. Huh? Uh, they've, got, nice. they've got canoeing and water sports and rafting available. <laughs> huh? As we get into the spring, things are going to open up a little bit. Our friends at Tourism Jasper want you to consider a great weekend in the mountains where you can maybe do a little bit of hiking, maybe some climbing, maybe a tour, or some sightseeing. Maybe there'll be some wildlife on the road that you can see. Dan, who doesn't want a picture of a nice mountain goat? Everybody Make would sure like to have one of those. Pull off to the side completely, please. Yes, and please leave the animals alone while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> get, get, right, get, right in, get right in there with the bears. Try and get a selfie with them. Yeah, bears love that. Uh, especially if you see a baby cub, then follow it into the bush. That's probably a good idea. Don't do that. Yeah, mom loves family pictures. Exactly. Don't do that, by the way. Don't do that. Our <laughs> friends at Tourism Casper do not want you to do that. However, they do want you to enjoy maybe something outdoors so you can be safe and socially distance and still enjoy Alberta's beautiful scenery. If you're interested, tourism, Jasper wants you to visit jasper.travel. Again, that is jasper.travel. You've got all the details there and all the things that you can do in town. Love Jasper. Can't wait till the next time I go back. Uh, gentlemen, I want to bring up Leon Dreisaitl a little bit, just a little bit, because I want to talk about what's going on in the media these days. Uh, the other night, the boys lost their third straight to Toronto. They scored one goal in a matter of three games. Nobody was happy. The fans were upset. The players were upset. That triggered an interesting exchange with Rob Tchaikovsky and Leon Dreisaitl on Zoom postgame. Now, first, I want to say, if you follow Rob Tchaikovsky, you know that he can be funny and sarcastic, and that's probably why you follow him on social media in the first place. The first question he asked, Leon didn't really give a great answer. So Rob followed it up with a fastball down Broadway and Leon was having none of it and didn't answer, gave a hilarious answer. So before I get your opinions, boys, I want to give my take where the interesting thing is I get the media angle, why they would want players to give better answers than that. Whereas I disagree with it because the answer Leon gave, which is no, we're happy. We only got, we didn't get any points in three games or whatever he said. This is all good shit. Mm -hmm. it's entertainment we're talking about here man did it make me laugh when i saw that clip come out of leon dreisaitl as a fan of the team 
man, do I love the way this guy answers questions. He's in an arena full of people. He's got a microphone in his face and he says the fans are fucking phenomenal. He gets asked in the summer what it's like to play with Connor McDavid. He says it's terrible. He drops <laughs> Nuggy as a nickname for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And yet we're at a spot where some, not all, some folks are wanting him to get back to giving some of the cliches and boring answers that we've always gotten from pro athletes. This is a sport. This is fun. This is entertainment. And I love when guys show their personalities. I was thinking about it afterwards, seeing how the back and forth between some of the media, again, some, not all, going back and forth with some fans saying it was a dumb question, blah, blah, blah. I get why he asked the question. The big three, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nuge, they got two points combined over three games. You got to ask. But when Leon throws back an answer that's insanely salty, you got to love it. Even Tchaikovsky came out and said, you know what? I was a little aggressive with the question, whatever he said to paraphrase. He tweeted out, not frustrated by a dismissive answer to be, a f- to be to a fair and gentle question and came back too hard on the follow, my fault. So he owned it. But what we got was a great exchange, a little piece of personality that can sell the game of hockey way more than if Leon had said, well, you know, we just need to get pucks in deep and we got to blah, 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 work the cycle, blah, blah. The thing that I find interesting is just how the hornet's nest got kicked from this, despite it being great. Think of it a different way. Think of Rob Schakowsky had asked the exact same question, the exact same phrasing to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nuge would have pulled out one of his many cliches from the bag that he's been carrying since 2011. And, well, except for what he said to Matheson, except for what he said to Matheson a couple of weeks ago. Never forget. Never forget. But my point here is when asked about a team type thing like that, a guy like RNH would generally give more of an answer that you expect. So I just, my angle is embrace the exchange, embrace the personality, embrace all of it. I don't think Rob Tchaikovsky asked a horrible question. I know that he's sarcastic and funny. So his follow-up was exactly what you would expect if you know anything about him. And I also know that he asked the one player on the Edmonton Oilers that is probably going to give you a funny answer. And that's what we got. And I thought it was great. Now, gentlemen, I open the floor. Tyler, I want to start with you because you're in the media. You're also a blogger. You're also a fan of the Oilers and you don't hide it. What do you think of the back and forth? Yeah, I kind of step in all three sort of circles here. Um, I think I don't want this to sound like I'm talking from a high horse or something, but it was a lot of it, it was a lot of overreaction from people who don't know how that stuff works like even the Nugent Hopkins thing and and people love like jumping on writers to the questions they ask and whatnot one while I'm not going to sit there and be like it's the most difficult job in the world it is it is a tough job to do that and on zoom man I uh, I am happy I don't do those zoom calls because it can be tough to like illustrate your point and the tone you're trying to make over zoom Paul Maurice was on the DFO rundown talk about how much he fucking hates these zoom calls for that exact reason and these guys aren't strangers anymore. Leon Dreisaitl has done hundreds of post-game press conferences now. <laughs> and you know what he's done in every single one? Answered a question from Rob Tichkowski. You know what Ryan Nugent Hopkins has done for the last decade in this organization? Answered questions from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They know each other. There's Jim a, Sorry, Jim. Well, who did I? I said Rob Tichkowski. You said... He said that new answers from new. Oh, fuck. He looks Whatever. at himself in the mirror and he says, you can do better. Sorry. So, whoa. New Are you ready to go? Questions from Jim Matheson. And, you know, they understand each other a little bit. And the Tichkowski thing, like, 
Yeah, I think both parties were at fault there. Leon Dreisaitl's pissed off. He's frustrated. So he gave a, whatever it was, forward answer to Tichkowski's soft opener. If if Dreisaitl doesn't want a little quit back, you know what he could have said? He could have gone on for 10 seconds instead of going on for two seconds. And this is squashed. Tichkowski's got to keep a more level head. He even admitted that. Like, give credit to Tich. Yeah. He stepped out and said, yep. hey, I fucked up. That's on me. And that's also his personality. So I think it was a lot of people blowing this out of proportion, being like, the media's jumping down their throat, blah, blah, blah. The media in this town's unfair. They, they pick on. No, they fucking don't, man. They're just trying to write a story. They're not, like, yeah. trying to single out Leon Dreisaitl so that he lays in bed awake at night. Do you think Dreisaitl even, he probably found out that was a story and was like, really, that's a story? Because like they don't exactly. give a shit, man. Exactly. And they do it every think- day. This isn't something they have to do like once a year. They do it every day. And it's the same group of people. Not a big I, deal. I, I love, I'm going to get to Dan here and Rick for their takes on it, but I love that you ask a guy the question, clearly he's pissed off. <laughs> Clearly, he's pissed yeah. off. He gave a great emotional, sarcastic soundbite that we're still talking about a couple of days later. Isn't that a good thing? When we're talking about hockey, pucks in deep, fucking work the cycle, cliche. Fuck it. Dan, what do you think? I loved it. All I right. wish more guys would yell at the media, and I wish more media would yell at the players because I want more of it. The only issue I have with it, and Tyler, you're probably not going to like this, is just that everybody else in the – or not, sorry, I shouldn't say everybody else because that's not fair. Some people in the media felt it was necessary to defend Rob for asking the question. Rob can defend himself. All these media people, when they ask these questions, Tyler, you're right. They're professionals. They, they're doing their job, and they can answer for themselves when they have a bad question or they have what they think is a good question. The Matheson example is a perfect example of two guys that were just riffing. And sometimes fans are going to just take the side of the player. There's other times that that fans will take the side of the media guy. It's not very often in Edmonton that that happens, but, but sometimes guys will just take the side of their player and who cares? Like Rob responded to it. And then that could be the end of it. But then all these other guys, yeah, but then all these other guys and the fans were going to riff on Rob for 10 minutes afterwards, two games later, they're not going to remember it, just like the Jim Matheson thing. Yeah. But that's what fanatics are. That's what fans are. We are we are just passionate about our team, and sometimes it goes the way of the media and sometimes it goes the way of the player. And I was okay with it until it just turned into this, like, media versus the fans thing it just doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day you got exactly what you want we're talking about it we're excited about the team and people are backing up dry cycle after they lost three bullshit games they played really poorly in three games i sales records the only thing i'll say about your first point dan is let's say hypothetically bagged milk said something that got him in hot water with a section of the fan base and he had hundreds of people I'm going leaving him to himself he's on his own Really? No, man. Like, well, you're fucking lying. But like, you would, you would, you would be the first one at the nation to hop on Twitter and say, "I've known Bag Milk for years. He is a great guy. He was not ill-intentioned." No, it's the same thing. They're sticking up for their colleague. They're not attacking. They're not. It's not like it's not like Tukowski attacked Drysital's character. That's what it turned into, though. That's where the media started to say that he's he's not giving the good answers. All the arrows. all the arrows Sorry, ahead, towards to, all the arrows towards Rob though were attacks at him, and that's when that's yeah, when the and that's why the media was stepping in. up. They didn't step I in just, to like I just no think situation sucks. They stepped Tukowski, in to, to help Rob with all the idiots who just yell at the, at the but media. But Tukowski handled time. it perfectly. 
he handled it perfectly with like three sentences, and then it's over. And then, like it's I said, not over two games later, nobody yelling. talks about it. Of course it's they do. Not over but two games later, two games later, nobody's talking about it anymore, and they've moved on to the next thing. And Tukowski knows that. That's why he didn't address anything after that because he doesn't he, have he, to. He did. He doesn't. He doesn't have to say anything. But the other guys sit there and read all this shit. And this is where where Chuck's uh, example does come in. That you know, if Bag Milk did say something or whatever, and puts out his three his three sentences, and in which case, if nobody, if everyone just shut up and let him talk, it'd be all over. But all sorts of idiots are going to keep coming in and keep yelling and bringing stuff up and escalating. Like you can well, say that he had a, you can say the things that you know I didn't agree with that question. Maybe this, that, or the other thing. Go go back and read like the tweets and the things that the, that made yeah, these other definitely. guys stand up for him. And they're they're just so over the top, so over the top, so over the top. So when they start coming at bag milk like that, I guarantee you're going to stand up and, and do the exact same thing that DVD and all know. these other guys do too. But I don't know. This, in this on city, everybody hates the media. Everybody but hates it, the media in this city, especially on social media. Yeah. The, the one thing that the one thing they like to do, even more than cheer for the Oilers and cheer for a victory, is the shit on <laughs> is the shit on certain is the shit on certain media guys. Well, yeah, but I mean, because I will too. I'll sit there and say, you know what, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that, and and whatever. But I just it's just so over the top here and it uh, but, and i go back to rishog and the stupid um uh the thing with the goal like, <laughs> yes and it goes right back to there and i'm and i'm there no one will ever ex- explain uh, explain that differently they went after him for no fucking reason they blew it up and it's it's it it does. It's not necessary, but this is where you get the the fight back from the other guys, and so I'm, I'm fine with the fight back from the other guys. But at the end of the day, you guys, these are two adults having a talk yeah. and, and after a game where everyone's pissed off. I guarantee you, the next morning, there's no uh, there's no real side effects. Nobody gives a shit. I, I work in a in a fairly high um, stressful uh, uh, situation, and back when I was working in dining rooms, you always yelled at the other guys. And trust me, the things we said to each other is way worse than anybody, anything that's going to be said in that media room and by the end of the night it was it was over it's just in the heat of the moment and when it's over it's over but because we have social media everybody gets to put their two cents in and it just grows and expands everything everything but here's a counter argument so here's a counterpoint my my take on on Leon Dreisaitl going down to the AHL comes up all the time. And fair, fair <laughs> enough. I made a stupid call there. Just like Jay, just like Jay with his, which came up today uh, too. Bouchard yeah, came today, tried Bouchard. Just like, just like Wanye with <laughs> his Sam Gagne as the captain. Flames fan, Jay. And that's, and you, and, and so that, that kind of stuff to me is like, it's, I said it, Jay said it, Wanye said it, it's going to come up and, and that's fine. You but can defend yourself in, about it. It comes up in jokes and read yeah. all the tweets that come at you guys. Now, back, but back then a, it didn't. But right, back but then, then multi, it didn't. Multi, Initially, multi, it was, multi, Jay, you're an idiot for thinking multi, that Bouchard's multi, a you joke. Gotta multi, you got to multiply that by like 100. Because as much as, as many people that like to interact with us, or you guys per se, um, the Edmonton media gets a billion times more. <laughs> yeah, but the the Edmonton media, you know, like I I look at a guy like Yeremchuk, and Yeremchuk gets some hate sometimes, but he doesn't he doesn't need other people to defend his point and defend his question or defend his his ta- his take. Like it's sometimes, I I just sure I look at these guys, I look at all these guys. Same thing with Matheson. Matheson can take it. Matheson's I don't know. It's just like to me, it's no different than a player, right? It's if these guys if these players are getting criticized the night in night out by the same 
same writer and and they lash out sometimes they the the guys in the media will be like whoa pump the brakes that's a little rough you know like a jake voracek but it's but it, you know i don't know it's just this is like to me it's like it's a part of sports it's no different than no different than an athlete the athletes that these guys are writing about they can they can take their lumps they can make their mistakes and they can own it and move on from it yeah, and I think Tichkowski would have, but I just like Dan, you're arguing against someone's colleagues supporting him vocally. Like that's what the argument against is here. And I just I don't understand why that's like if Rashog or whoever they, whoever just wants to say, Hey, you know what? Titch asks a lot of tough questions. He doesn't deserve the hate he's getting. Like that's okay, sweet. That's different, but it's like but it's like the continuous, it's gonna just can keep rolling on. If they just let Katowski say his thing and then have all the media guys retweet it or great, you know, great comment by Tikowski, you walk away from it. But are instead we're talking about can, it two days later. Are any of those guys really bringing it up more than no. their one or two initial well, they were that tweets? morning. They were that morning after. Okay, well the morning for, after for the twelve is still hours fine. after, yeah. Yeah, fine, twelve hours. The news cycle, you know, is in a twenty four hour cycle. So anything that happens at twelve is fine, still relevant. But as long as they're they're not gonna keep it going, they're not gonna come up today and you know, three days later yeah. go, Oh yeah, by the way. Yeah, that's fair. But however, but, the haters will continue this and 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 Titch is gonna hear this forever. No. No, I, I I just don't think so. Like People I think you like look at the you look at the Matheson outrage. You look at the Spectre outrage. And Spectre still gets brought up. Not, not take, specific like, things. May, just like oh, just like Leon Dreisaitl's giveaway like his giveaway closer. in the second game against the Leafs, we're not bringing that up next week. You know, it's if, over. If, if there's if there's another situation, in which case they're you know kind of in the same spectrum, it'll be brought up for sure. We've well, spent yeah, way but too I much mean, time on this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just <laughs> that's my that's do my not feeling on it. Ever cut off people yelling at each other, Tyler? I was just going <laughs> to sit here and happily let this go on all well, fucking day. How dare you? Milk. I tell you, I was looking at our reviews and somebody had mentioned that we need more hot takes. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to get spicy again. Do not ever interrupt a fight on this fucking podcast as long as I'm here. This is the, what's your favorite station you like out there with all the, uh, with all your dramatic TV shows? Like sixteen yep. and pregnant, or teen and pregnancy, <laughs> yeah, and all that. All yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'm guessing there's a. There, I'm guessing there's a couple of fights on there. You just uh, you like yeah. to revel in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the Oilers lost the third game against the Leafs, uh, first thing I did was flip on some ninety day fiance and really soak <laughs> in the dysfunctional ambiance. You know. <laughs> uh, well, I gotta say, boys, I didn't expect everyone to get as fired up about this. You know, I thought it was funny. I didn't Sun's out, man. It's springtime. Everyone's feeling it now. <laughs> I'm drinking the blood. The blood's flowing again. It's not frozen anymore. Well, and that's the that's a good takeaway to take away from it, right? Is that like here we are as a team. The team played like dog poop for three games, and the fans are still just like, no, you don't fucking touch Leon Dreisaitl after a game. So I, I like that kind of that kind of fire up. I hope the players do too. And uh, you know, obviously, Tip is still still hot under the collar for it, and that's good too. Uh, for the record, if any of you say anything that ever gets you into trouble, I am going to pretend like I don't know any of you. <laughs> I did just, I did just announce to all of you guys that I would let you guys go. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah so fuck you, Dan. I will def- actually know what? I'm changing, changing my what I just said. I will defend Tyler and Rick, but fuck you, Dan. All right. I'm just kidding, Dan. I love you. No, I know. 
I know. Okay. Uh, let's get this thing back up here. <laughs> or unless you guys want to yell. <laughs> yeah, just, I did whatever. Like, just give us hey, something else see, to yell I didn't about. think that, that was off the rails because we were still talking hockey. It's all good. Tyler's, uh, I think he took off his headphones once at one point, but that's. My ears. Oh, that's that's the, the, the unfortunate thing for us is that we have to wait like a week. We're, we're once a week, right? So if something could have happened last Saturday, if this could happen last Saturday, we probably would have brought it up again today just because this is the first opportunity that five, four, five of us have had to, uh, to talk about it. But I think our listeners like to hear that stuff too. And Beg Milk's right. You got to hear some yelling every once in a while. It's, it's good straight. for the ratings. And we haven't been in a room together since in almost a year now, boys. Like we haven't been together yeah. talking to each other. Well, I so. missed this earlier in the podcast, Dan. So next time we're in a room together, we'll get skipthedishes.ca to cater the event because <laughs> we are all hungry boys and we are still growing. And then you'll yell at each other. That's right. You Or, or we can't yell at each other because you can't yell at each other when your mouth is full of a one pound roast beef and cheddar. Half pound, but yes. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll if you put those two half you, pounds. <laughs> dude, don't, take, don't give me plans for a Sunday. Two half pounders, you mash those babies together all of a sudden. Or we find out if any of the Arby's available on Skip the Dishes can get hook us up with a meat mountain that Grant Millwoods. Or that Grant. Millwoods. Millwoods, we gotta go all the way up to the hoods. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, that's what the hand is. I drive by there five times a week. Uh, Grant Johnson on his social media. I said Grant Thornton. They're my accountants. The Grant, Grant Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Grant Johnson. Go check out his social and see what the meat mountain looked like. I'm sure he got it from skipthedishes.ca and nowhere else. Skipthedishes.ca, skipthedishes.ca, skipthedishes.ca. Okay. Huh. Oh. All right, boys, before we get into hot and cold performers here, I just want to give a real quick real quick look at tomorrow's Battle of Alberta. Oilers have a big week coming up. they got some Flans games. they got some Sens games. Before the next time we talk... Do you think that the Oilers will be able to turn around this skid against the Leafs until we talk again next Friday? Or are you, are you, are you kind of in a wait-and-see mode because this is just so hot and cold from where they were at last time we recorded? Dan, where are you at? I think tomorrow night, Saturday night, is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a battle, and I'm, I'm excited for that. And then I feel really bad for the Ottawa Senators because I do think that the Oilers are going to unload on them again. Um, and it's going to be the start of a, another stretch of, of good hockey from the Oilers. I said it all week during the during the Leafs game. I, I just think that this is one of those things that it's – it's going to be a good thing for this team. I think that they're going to learn from some of the lack of effort, the lack of consistency, and and I think it's going to fire them up for the rest of the season. Score prediction, please, sir. Against the Flames? Yep. I'm going to say, well, uh, I think it's probably going to be a 5-4 in OT. 5-4 in OT for Dan uh, Nation meme team, by the way, if you were listening to this, I encourage you to make fun of us for all our predictions, whether they come yes. true or not. So, uh, I Tyler, took a sweep of the Leafs, if we, if we remember that last week. Yes. My prediction skills are gone. Yes, there was a sweep of the Leafs from Dan. Uh, Tyler, question, same question to you. What are you expecting from the next week from the Oilers? And then finish it off with the score prediction against the Flames. Yeah, I think we should be expecting them to bounce back here. I think this is a team that, quite frankly, is too good to keep losing, if that makes any sense. They lost to a very good team in Toronto. This week proved to me that Toronto's in a class of their own in this division. But the Oilers team is right there in that next tier. And I think two, three games against Ottawa, 
one next Saturday against Vancouver. You get a big chance tomorrow to rebound against your provincial rivals. I'll, uh, I'll predict a 4-2 win for... No, no, 5-3. Their goal thing won't be that good. <laughs> a 5-3 win for the Oilers Saturday night against the Flames, and then they will go take 2-3 against the Senators by next time we talk. Rick, you're up next. Your thoughts on the next week and then the score predictions against the Flames. I think last week was just a little blip on the radar, um, a little adversity, never hurt them. They will bounce back from this. They are a far better team than we saw the uh, the last three games. So I honestly don't believe Calgary is that good, um, especially when they're going to be in, in limbo here without without their coach. Uh, I can't see them being much different until you get him start running practices and get him behind the bench. Uh, so, yeah, no, I expect us fully to come out tomorrow. And I'm going to go with a nice round 6-2 uh, victory. And I can easily see them keeping the foot on the throat and taking uh, Ottawa for three. And if uh, they can go five in a row by taking Vancouver at the end of this, I don't think anyone will even remember this Toronto problem. I would love that, buddy. Uh, I'm just going to, I'll wrap it up. I think that the Oilers are going to have a better week, but the first thing that I'm looking for them to do step one is win the first period tomorrow. I think the Mm -hmm. best thing they can do is just one foot in front of the other Got a goal. Shutout streak's done. Nuge ended it. <laughs> let's let's win the first period tomorrow. I'm going to go with a 4-2 win over the Flames. I think it's going to be a better week. I don't think it's going to be a perfect week, but I think it'll be a better week. How about the CBC broadcast bringing up the friggin' stats, like mid-game in the second game, about shutting out the same team twice in two games in a row, and then before the game even started on, on Thursday, they were talking about the shutout streak of three games in a row against the same team. So... Thanks to them for breaking the shutout for us. Oh, the Leafs have the chance. First time in history that they can have a shutout from three straight goalies in three straight games. Unbelievable. Um, Just check the clock to see the That is a great voice you do, BM. (laughs) (laughs) That's my announcer voice, Tyler. Fuck me! If I ever ever (laughs) get a chance, if I ever get a chance, to get up there in that press box with you, that's how I'm going to speak all the time. I'll be like, oh, hello there, Jim. Welcome. Welcome to the press box. Okay. One day. Time for hot, cold performers, my friend. Get your <laughs> buttons ready. But first, we are going to welcome brand new sponsor for the segment, Deuce Vodka. Deuce Vodka. If you don't know, if you don't know, this is massive Edmonton fan, Brett Kessel's line, Deuce Vodka. We had him on Real Life last summer. He and I did a Tarps Off podcast together. It was very nice. Special moment between us. But now we've got a vodka. And if you go to deucevodka.com forward slash find us, they've got a nice little liquor connect link in there where you can find this anywhere. If you're in Saskatchewan, sales at deucevodka.com. You can find out where you can get this product. It's delicious. Made myself a cocktail. It's excellent in Caesars. It's excellent if you just want it with some soda water, maybe a little splash of lime in there. Maybe a splash of Gatorade, Tyler, if you're feeling frisky. I was thinking... Go ahead, for this for this Deuce sponsorship, we should try and come up with some kind of a uh, when Jack drops a Deuce on the on the broadcast as he tends to do when the Oilers are up by two. Mm. That we have to do a, a shot of some sort. We have to we have to try and figure that out. But that was that was just something that came to mind the other day. We should also work with Brett Kessel to come up with some kind of nation cocktail with Deuce Vodka. Oh yeah, who wouldn't enjoy that? Brad Stepenko okay. just dropped a say. shot of bo- vodka and a nation beer and chugged it. <laughs> that, is, that is called Deuce a vodka man overboard. Yikes! Yeah, you have a couple of those, and all of a sudden you are laying on the floor. I love it. 
It's good. Deucevodka.com. Legend. Forward slash find us. Find out where you can get Deuce Vodka. It's delicious. Make yourself a cocktail. Caesar Sunday. Coming up. Caesar Sunday. All right, boys, as we do every week, we start with our veggies. So we're looking at the cold performers of the last week, brought to you by Deuce Vodka. Rick, I'm going to start with you. You're right under me on the Zoom call. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Well, you know what? It's uh, it's it's going to be the entire roster of the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> uh, you guys can pick apart anybody you want, but I don't think anybody can really take a, uh, a check mark out of this. I think everyone has to take a, a big fat L. So I'm just going to call it out and say everybody on the roster, everybody on the ice, everybody with the skates on, they were all equally the uh, the cold performers. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Me Nor either. should you be. Uh, Mr. Nation Dan, I see you next on my screen. Your Deuce Fog Cold Performer of the Week. Well, thanks for leaving some for us, Rick. Yeah, like, uh, I just went. Well, you could, you could the entire the planet. No, and, <laughs> the entire planet is my Cold Performer of the Week. I'm actually person on it. I'm going to take my critique off the ice, and I'm going to put it on uh, people that feel the need to just hate on announcers because they don't like them. Like as if the mute button hasn't existed for. 50, 60 years, uh, just hit mute. You don't have to tweet about it. Nobody has to hear about your preference of announcers over, you know, the analysis in between games and stuff. I like to rib some, some of the announcers. Like I think BX has open season for that, for his, uh, his time with the Oilers or against the Oilers. But for me, it's just people that, that feel the need to attack these announcers who are doing a job that you couldn't do. And so just leave it alone, hit mute and don't tweet about it. That's my what? cold performer of the week. Sorry, Tyler. Tyler, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. I don't remember if I did this last week or not. Did I talk about Vegas last week and our trip? Yeah, I because I couldn't remember exactly when I was getting the memories pop up on my phone, but I keep having those like, you know, this time last year on this app and all that. And it's all centered around our nation vacation to Vegas. And man, what a what a fucked year it's been since that point. And my cold performer of the week is just having to look at those memories and just be sad that we can't all be together drinking, watching the Oilers in a warm place right now. I just, ah, that really sucked. So you know what? The memories popping up reminding me of our Grand Nation vacation in beautiful Las Vegas. Uh, that's going to be my cold performer of the week. I'm upset. <laughs> I feel that on a core level Tyler because I too got those memories this past week and I'm upset with Mark Zuckerberg for it I was thinking about it uh this morning actually the joint podcast we did with ON Real with Nation Radio and Real Life and just drinking the tall boys of Bud Lights at like 9 30 in the morning (laughs) yeah we were having some Bud Lights real early and that was already (laughs) after a shot which is Nation Tradition uh that Rick brought into the mix so yeah not good. Not good. Um, just to wrap this up, my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is going to be, you know, it sucks. And I get it. I don't, there, I don't have a solution for it. So I don't know what you do about it. But when you're watching a game and it's the intermission and you get zero coverage regarding the game you're watching. Oh, that happened a bunch of times this week and i was just like god it just sucks not only are they playing the leafs so every intermission panel everything they do is about the leafs anyway but there was a bunch of times where it was just like let's talk about literally everything else other than the oilers 
or they cut to like Sportsnet Central and you have to watch like highlights of another game. You're like, fuck me, bring me to some analysis. I want to hear about this game I'm watching. It's it was just that this week. So it was a frustrating week. I just wanted somebody else to talk about how I was feeling and I got none of it from the panels because they didn't show it. So I guess that's my cold performer of the week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. I agree. It is a joke. It is a joke. Flipping the ledger. I'm going to start with Tyler. Your Deuce Vodka. Hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week. I am going to go uh, last night at 10 o'clock mountain time. I fired up my Spotify. I know I'm I'm taking yours, VM. But I got to listen to three new Drake tracks. And anyone who knows me knows that I love some Drizzy. So Drake, thank you for the new music heading into the weekend. They are absolute bangers. Can't wait for the album to drop. Drake and his new music. That is my hot performer of the week. It's fire. Uh, specifically, what's next for a song? Holy fuck. That, ridiculous. That could be Available. a top 10 Drake track for me. It's unreal. Available on iTunes. <laughs> Rick, has to, on Rick iTunes. has to wait for payday so he can pay $3.90 for the songs. Yeah, uh, it'd be, like, it'd be gonna, like a buck 99. Rick's going to fire up LimeWire and download those as soon as he gets a chance. <laughs> uh, Mr. Nation Dan, your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, well, this one's going to be, it's going to sound like a shameless plug, but I absolutely am 100% behind it. Well, that was a good way to say percent. Um, I run, I run hockeyfights.com for some people who don't know that. Uh, and He's also this been week in Halifax. We just, I've also <laughs> lived in Halifax. Um, but, uh, but we introduced a new podcast this week called Dropping yes. the Gloves with John Scott. And man, is that a good podcast? Yes. I highly recommend it to anybody that, that likes fights. But also, you're gonna you're gonna be introduced to a guy. I just had a talk with him with Tyler this week in John Scott that is one of the funniest and like the smartest hockey guys out there. Uh, the episode that just dropped this morning, George the Rock and John Scott, was must listen to podcast audio. It is good stuff. Those guys talking to each other, John talking about the NHL in general. I think for a lot of people, they don't understand how smart John is. John went and got his mechanical engineering degree in 2010. Um, really smart guy. And it's, it's going to be one of those podcasts that I think you're going to want to be on board with uh, early on here. So dropping the gloves, my hot performer of the week. Hey, since it's hockey fights, dropping the gloves, battle of Alberta tomorrow, instead of playing a sound, I'm going to play this. Have a goalie fight. Bear throws the right hand. Here comes Cam Talbot and Mike Smith. They're going to go with center ice. Talbot short with the right hand. Smith, three clubbing right hands. Right hand Talbot. Big right-handed shot from Mike Smith. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. Anybody who can't get anybody who can't get behind Jack Michaels calls of those kind of things, or even the game in general, I I don't know what to do for you. I don't know what to do for you. Even my my favorite thing about Jack right now, and I'm going to pump his tires here. First of all, I love the way he calls games. Mm -hmm. I love the energy he puts in it. I love the descriptive language he uses when he's describing a play. It's very flowery to me. I like the way he talks about the play, but the thing that makes me laugh all the time, and he used to always do it on the radio, but now he does it on TV, is he goes, 
as they goes into a commercial break and it makes me laugh every time (laughs) it's so random and it's so good and it just reminds you that you're watching a team that you love and you should be excited about and like it can be in a three nothing lead for the oilers and he's just like down the stretch and it's just it's so good and he leads you into a commercial with that you're like "I, i don't know if i can recover from this it's so good I, I think it. we put it together with a little bit of a uh, Hall of Famer there, Rob Phillips, because that man could sell something. That's what oh, we yeah. grew up on. We were so spoiled getting to listen to him. And then to have, a, you know, a, a 2.0 or a junior version of him come along in, in Jack and, and really have a lot of the same traits that, uh, that kind of remind us of, of, of that. I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool for us. You know what, Tyler? I got nothing for hot and cold performers. So I'm just going to say Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Jack Michaels, shout out to you. Love it. I, I, I didn't. Um. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm so uncomfortable. I, I didn't. Talk. I don't know. No. You know what, Jack? I look forward to your calls. Always do. Yo, Oilers Radio Network. Okay. <laughs> On Oilers Nation Radio. You paid him to do that for us. Oh, next, we need to get him back on the podcast just so we can go, No Oilers Radio. So, whoa, fucking hell. Okay. Actually, I, Radio I tweeted podcast. about it, how it made me laugh going into commercial the other night. And Jack DM me on Twitter. He's just like, just making sure you're on your toes, buddy. Just making sure you're on your toes. And I love it. Jack Michaels, I appreciate your call. Okay. Real quick, just to wrap this up, because we are winding down around the horn. One word answer. Surprised that the dry line got one game and done. Tyler? Yes, it's embarrassing. Give him a good run. Dan. Expected. Rick. Is it official they're not playing together tomorrow? They not weren't official, together but at it practice. Looks like by practice. Have we not gone through many times where two days before practice they've had a line together and then the day before or the day of the game? It's been different. Being a Oilers fan is a trip is what you're saying here. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry too much about it. I want victories. I don't care who's playing with who. Let's put out the best possible lineup and let's just get some wins. Uh, speaking of lineups, Tyler, do you have any info on look, where's that Cassie at? How, how much longer is he at? Um, he's not allowed to return from IR until he sells 200 more cameos. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, why he's grinding so hard. That's the he clause. should be here by the end of the weekend then because he's posting five star reviews all over the place. So I have no get clue what's wrong buddy. with him. I don't know when he's coming back. It's got to be a hand, though, right? Yeah. It's, hand wrist somewhere he he fought, from uh, elbow, elbow down. It was when he fought Good Branson. Yeah. And he El- he very clearly was nursing, like looking at his knuckle right after, as he was getting up. And he only got, I think he got one shift afterwards. If we go back to, um, we were playing the Blackhawks a bunch of years ago, and uh, Nuge ended up, I think, breaking his knuckle, too. Um, you, you know, he blocked a, a shot with his hand or a pass or whatever. And he was out like six weeks. So I, I don't think I see uh cast going back till, you know, end of this month. What a fucking answer from Tyler, by the way. <laughs> I ask him, <laughs> like, you got, well, he's got to send 200 more cameos. So head on over there. Maybe we can pay Zach Cassian some money and he can tell us what's going on. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Dan, that- also on cameo. Dan, send that in for a cameo request. Uh, I'll ask him to come out and explain his injury and when he'll be coming back. Could yeah, you imagine? We'll pay you $80 or whatever it is. <laughs> Guys, I don't think yep. he's accepting cameos that aren't just, can you run your script for us, please, for the next like <laughs> two months? Because he ain't doing it. It ain't happening. I tried Chris Bronger. I tried that goalie from Raycroft from uh, Boston. They won't answer me. 
One day, Dan. One, One day. day. Maybe we'll just have to d- pivot to Riff Raff. If they won't give us NHL takes, Riff Raff will. I know he will. He's a good man like that. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Tyler is looking like he has stopped caring about what we're doing. So <laughs> that, his, his beer is empty. He's looking for his next one. Yep. It is empty. Which I, I respect See? Tyler. 2 p.m. on a Friday? Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a stressful week to be Tyler, your rum drag, so I had to crack a beer while we recorded this. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong it's with a that. beer drinking kind of podcast. Yep. Why don't you get on Cameo, Tyler? Pardon? Why don't you get on Cameo? I don't think I don't think there's any, and I'm saying this like, seriously. I don't think there's anyone in the world who would ever pay for a cameo from me. Get I on. see Surveyor, no reason. Surveyor, Surveyor get at least one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has yeah. to be shirtless. <laughs> oh, always. Otherwise, what are we doing? Is that cameo or only fans? Yeah. Good lord. All right. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giants, Skip the Dishes, Tourism, oh. Jasper. And also our friends at Cornerstone Insurance and Vision VR Hockey for letting us have Jason Stroudwick on the show today. I wasn't even done reading. <laughs> and Dews Vodka for hot and cold performers. <laughs> Spicy episode today, boys. You were fired up. I like it. I like when you're excited. I get excited. And I just like when you yell at each other. So, Dan, thank you for being passionate. This no is Oil Station Radio, episode 127. I'm looking. We got a couple of reviews. I'm going to save them for next week. But please, leave us your reviews. Let us know how you're doing. Or I will recommend maybe you do what somebody did on Real Life a couple weeks ago. Give a take on the team. That person said he hates Chase on, on, the, on the power play. If you want to give a take on the team, leave that as a review. I'll read that. I'll read that every single time. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your cousins, tell your aunties and uncles. Oilers Nation Radio is the best damned hockey podcast you could ever find and the second best hockey podcast you can find in India. And that's really all you need to know. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to all of you for being here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Battle of Alberta moment. Go Oilers. Shout out, Damien. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.